welcome to The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. On this, our slightly rushed 17th episode, I'll be talking to Joe Hunter, artist of Radical Guardian Skater X, among other things, about how Power Rangers RPM is the gritty reboot we never knew we needed. We won't finish the show with a signature cocktail, more on that later, and we'll tell you how to become a guest on The Math of You. We join this conversation already in progress. So, Joe, for those who may not know you, why don't you tell me who you are and what makes you a beautiful and unique snowflake? God. Well, I'm a cartoonist. I draw comic books and lots of other things. I do a comic book with Chris Sims called Radical Guardian Skater X. It's uh, sort of a Japanese superhero high school drama pastiche. I've done a couple stories for the Boo Halloween anthology that's available on Comixology. Um, I do lots of coloring of comic books. So, yeah, that's I do. I feel like that Boo anthology seems to be entirely staffed by my Twitter friends. <laughs> Like I'll, I'll look through stuff and I'm like, a- Andrew Isla's in there and Jojo Seams and yourself and a whole bunch of other people. And I'm just like, oh, I should, I should probably pick that up. And I did. And it's great. Thank you. God, I say thank you like I'm responsible for the entire thing. Ah. I'm choosing to believe that you are. It, it sprang fully formed from your head like Athena. <laughs> you are the mastermind. You are the architect. <laughs> the Seth Rollins of the Boo Anthology. Although hopefully we're with better music. <laughs> I've said it before, I still say all the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys need better music because it's all just like a variant on their original stuff. Yeah, it's like generic butt rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same with the first Iron Man movie when yeah. he's making the first suit. It's da 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 Someone had the Casio keyboard and they hit the metal button. <laughs> That's all you get. Pretty much. So, Joe, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? I grew up sort of all around Ohio. You'll have to clarify because I know literally nothing about Ohio. Yeah, there's not much to know. Apart from, I think, wait, Cincinnati's in there, but that's it. I don't know anything about it. I was raised in Canada and then lived the last 13 years in Australia. So the middle of the States is entirely like a mystery to me. It's a giant question mark. (laughs) Yeah, it's lots of farmland and some urban areas here and there. So you said all over. So did you move around a lot? Yeah. My mom was a pastor, so she had to go to different churches and do pastor stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that that's, rings a chord for me. My mom's a minister. Oh, cool. So we're both pastor's kids. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She became a minister when I was maybe 10. And after her and my dad split, I was living with her for a while and she did her student ministry and then went to a couple of small towns where she was, you know, had her first parish. And and so, yeah, moving around a lot. Awesome. So what was it like growing up in Ohio? Be honest. 
I don't know. I've always been sort of quiet, so it wasn't quiet, and I'm the only child, so like it was kind of not real fun. So was it one of those situations where it was kind of like a like a free range childhood, like you'd ride ride your bike everywhere, or were you mostly staying home and reading? Like, what's what sort of kid were you? Um, I mostly stayed home and like riding draw or drew. I almost said draw. Oh my god, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Quiet a lot video games were, were you one of those kids that kind of took to drawing very naturally did you like take any classes or was it just you always just kind of doodled in the margins like the way my mom tells it i didn't really draw anything until i got glasses when i was four and then i basically drew on everything like i went to a catholic school for kindergarten and first grade and would like get in trouble for drawing like batman in the margins on my spelling test <laughs> excellent at least you could claim that you spelled Batman correctly. True. <laughs> they went through my desk at one point and found a drawing of a toilet and like thought it was possessed or something. So that was so. <laughs> See, now I just want to spin that out and be like, okay, he drew a toilet. What would he be possessed by? Like a spirit of an undead plumber. <laughs> yeah. You, you got glasses at an early age. See, I, I didn't get glasses until I was maybe nine. And I remember it specifically because... I was watching the, I think it was the 1992 World Series yeah. with my mom, and the Blue Jays were playing, which is the only reason anyone in Canada cared about it. It was a pretty small TV, and we were sitting maybe like two or more meters away from the TV because I wasn't allowed to sit up close. Right. And I was looking at the, the name, I could see the name of the player, I could see the score, but I couldn't read the stats in between that were scrolling by. Uh-huh. And I turned to my mom and I went, and I went, why, why would they put that there? No one can read that. And she went, um, I, I, I can read that. And I'm like, no, no, you can't. Nobody can. Ooh. Next day I was booked in for a nine test. <laughs> so what kind of stuff were you into when you were a kid, apart from Batman? <laughs> it was really into Sonic the Hedgehog because it's like the first video game I got. So read the Sonic comics a lot that Archie did, does, whatever. <laughs> I basically ended up teaching myself to read via comic books, like the Death of Superman. Oh wow! I was gonna say that's a, a pretty heavy one to start yeah. to start on. Three and looking at the pictures, it's like, oh god, he's bleeding. Oh Jesus! Look for the word blood. Hey, hey, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So that was a thing. What else was I into? Uh, Power Rangers. Okay, well, let's start with that because you you did specifically say you wanted to talk about yeah, Super no. Sentai shows, Power Rangers in particular. So, did you start with the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or did you come in a little later? I came in right at Mighty Morphin. Okay, so what was your experience there? Like, would you watch it with your friends? Would you watch it on your own? I would basically just watch it on my own before school or whatever. Not really realizing how kind of adorably cheesy it was because you're forward like everything's basically the most serious thing in the world yeah you don't learn irony until a much later stage yeah i also really loved adam west batman show at the time so oh yeah the 66 yeah. batman yeah i said this to to l when i had her on the show but i was under the impression that 66 batman was a deadly serious uh you know intense character show right i did too <laughs> you know, when Poison Ivy's Venus, Venus flytrap, I presume that was how Robin died in this continuity. Oh, gee. As opposed to the two-parter where he'll pop out of it because of, you right. know, a, a bat snorkel or something. I don't think they ever did Poison Ivy, did they? I, I presumed it was Poison Ivy because the, there was a giant Venus flytrap. But let me... I'm going to Google this. Hang on. Batman 
66. I remember no, the Venus flytrap, but I don't remember like what the context of it was. Uh, here we go. It feels weird to say context in relation to that show. But... <laughs> well, here we go, being threatened by a giant Venus flytrap. What I ended up finding was, rather than explaining who the villain was, I found a Think Piece article by Zachy Hansen writing about the exact scene that I was just talking about, having the same <laughs> feelings, where he's like, he devours Robin. The Venus flytrap devours Robin as he pleads for his help. I was horrified what was going to happen. Uh, meanwhile, I didn't think I'd ever hear my dad laugh so hard in his life. So there you go. We clearly weren't the only ones being traumatized by Batman 66. So yeah, go on. You were talking about Power Rangers. I don't know. Like, wasn't until like later that I realized like why there was such a difference in between like the out of suit footage and the in suit footage because it's like a chopped up show from Japan. And I recall learning that too. And and see, I just figured that the reason they were so expressive with their gestures when they were in their suits is because we can't see their faces, so we can't see them emoting. Right. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, they have to gesture everything. It's okay. It's still real. It's, like, it's not an overwrought ridiculousness. Except it is, so, and it's great. Yep. So who was your favorite Who was your favorite Power Ranger from the original five? Uh, probably Billy. Blue one, I guess. I don't know. I was quiet and nerdy and probably related to him the most. And... I did like that, they, that he had his own episode where he got to learn some basics of how to fight when not a Power Ranger. Because when he was a Power right. Ranger, he could magically fight like all the others, even though they were ostensibly taught how to fight the others. So it's like, okay, well, at least we know why when they're Power Rangers, they can kick ass the way they do. But it never explains it for Billy, why up until right in that episode, he never needed the training. But now he's like, no, I need to train myself so he can, you know, fight putties without having to, like, hit them with a swing or something. Right. <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, like, up until that point, Whenever they would fight putties, Billy would get the, in, sort of, if it were a video game, it would be the environment interaction moves. Right. So, like, you know. Trash can slides. Yeah, exactly. And, like, oh, you're, you're ducking his thing, so a swinging thing coming the other way knocks them over. And it's like, right. that's, that's some Jackie Chan comedy stuff. <laughs> Whereas, of course, when you're a kid watching, you just want to be the one who is, like, you know, fly kicking people off a balcony. Right. Also, I, I remembered, especially in that early series, I always wanted to see more of these sort of intermediate sections of the show. Like, I was, I was always interested in, okay, I want to see them use their individual weapons rather than just combining them into the blaster at the end. Right. You know, I, I want to see them fight as Zords. I don't want to just see them fight as the Megazord. I want mm -hmm. to see Titanus use his actual cannons instead of just being kind of like, you know, the car for the Mega Dragon Sword. Yeah. Yeah. Thing is, is that like they'll introduce a new toy item thing in like the Japanese show, and then it'll be like you'll be beaten over the head with it as like mm -hmm. the thing goes on until it like it eventually loses effectiveness, and they introduce a new toy. Yeah, it's all about escalation, right? <laughs> it's like you could tell at certain points they would just be like, "Okay, we have the new toy. We've run out of footage of the original Megazord. We're just gonna burn all the Zords, right?" And have you overact at a burning T-Rex robot. But then I made the mistake of, I went to see the Power Rangers movie, mm -hmm. which had the Ninja Zords right. that looked really cool and could actually do, because they were CGI, they could do stuff like the Frog Zord had the tongue that could like wrap up an enemy and like pull him over and yeah. and stuff like that. And then you see them on the show and it's like, oh, those are, those are garbage. Those <laughs> are crap. Well, they were also like done in like 1993, so... Oof. So that even then they were behind the times. Yeah. Like, 
like the original Power Ranger suits were from a show in Japan called uh, Jiryuger, which was like all like these sort of prehistoric dinosaur samurai people from these prehistoric tribes and oh wow so it was like this rather than being you know modern people that are given powers it's their descendants of a tribe that's cool well they're not descendants of a tribe they're like we're trapped in a block of i I haven't actually seen like all of the original show but they were like trapped in a block of ice or something and then they fall out and wake up in the modern day and they captain america their way into the modern day right that's cool and then for the first three seasons, they, like, run out of giant robot footage, so they skip to the next show and then the next show for giant robot footage while keeping the dinosaur-themed suits, and it's just, like, really weird. Extremely weird. They have, like, a Triceratops guy riding around in a wolf, and what the hell? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. Because I, I remember I, I would... I stayed on when there was... I remember there was the, the first Megazord, there was the... Because there was the ninja, and then there was the was it the Shogun sword? It was something like that. I remember it had a really cool sword, and it would like do that thing where it crossed its hand over over the other hand before putting the sword in the scabbard, like in samurai movies. Oh, you're thinking of the um, uh, second season Thunder Megazord? I think it is. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. the maybe that's that stuff yeah. is actually all like about like ancient Chinese kung fu powers. So that's <laughs> crazy <laughs> because reasons. Yeah, <laughs> and. And yeah, I remember there was one of the ones where I think he was meant to be like the Red Ranger Zord was meant to be like an ape Zord, but it was literally just a person. It was a person with a staff. Oh, yeah, no, it's an ape. It's just like. <laughs> and really, aren't we all? Oh, God, see, I, I made the mistake of going to a Power Rangers wiki and going to the <laughs> Zords page. And oh, my God, there are so many. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the hole. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the third season, which was ninja-themed in Japan and ninja-themed here, I guess, but, like, they had, like, 18 million different giant robots, and it was just, like, kind of obscene. (laughs) Ah, there we go. Red Ape Ninja Zord, and it's just a dude with swords. Right. (laughs) No, and the thing is, I've just read the wiki, and I'm like, is there at least an explanation as to why it's a person? (laughs) Oh, here we go. The Red Ape is a more direct representation of legendary Monkey King who inspired the design of the Tyrannosaurus Red Dragon Thunder Sword. So there you go. The more you know. Huh. Okay. <laughs> so in fact, he is not an ape. He is a monkey king. It's an ape. Um... <laughs> it's totally an ape. I do remember when I was a kid that I would go through and like write down lists of all the various combinations. That That's, I think, why I wanted to see. It's like, okay, I actually do want to see the Megazord fight with the Dragon Zord across its shoulder. It's like a weird cape mantle thing. <laughs> you know, as opposed to just doing that and then immediately jumping onto Titanus. And it's like, oh, right. oh okay. What, why? Or occasionally you get a situation where they transform and they throw, like, two punches and get, like, stomped by the monster. Right. They would just be like, uh, oh, okay. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. We were doing okay before that, and now we just suck. <laughs> yeah, maybe somewhere there's Tommy going, come on, guys, we can do the Mega Dragon Zord. It's like, but Tommy, Tommy, we get our ass kicked every time. Every time. We just have to escalate. For th- no, man, I'm sure this time it'll be different. It'll work this time. Uh, all right. Tommy, you're new here. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember speaking of Tommy. I was a little bit too old to be watching Power Rangers openly. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a little tiny TV in my room that I would watch it on, but I'd change the channel if anyone came in because I was 
Right. Like you're watching horrible, filthy porn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I, did, <laughs> I also did. I did the same thing with with stuff like Buffy, because uh, I was teased because it was a girls' show, and so I would watch it because I was genuinely interested. And right. then be ready to change the channel anytime. But then, of course, I was also scared of horror movies. So just in case it got too scary, I was also ready to change the channel. So, yeah, I watched very close to the TV. <laughs> but yeah. the thing with Tommy and the... It was when... Oh, when the White Ranger was revealed. I mean, we, we all knew it was going to be Tommy. It's like, yeah. we, we know. But, like, everyone in my grade six class was talking about it, despite the fact that we were all oh, too old and too cool to be watching kids' shows. <laughs> how old are you if you don't mind me asking uh, i'm 34 ah okay i'm actually 28 so <laughs> oh, that's not too far beyond it's funny because with this show i've had a, a combination of people who are either about my age a little bit older or a little bit younger it's funny i seem to be like in this sort of nexus where i can at least vaguely remember the stuff that was too old for me then but also because i have younger siblings I was able to watch the stuff that was theoretically too young for me. Right. Which is why I know as much as I do about the Pokemon anime <laughs> and about Sailor Moon and stuff, because that stuff came out when my little sister was watching TV. Right. And so being in, in the room when that was happening was an excuse to watch whatever TV I wanted. <laughs> which was the same reason why I was able to go and see The Emperor's New Groove in the theater, because I dragged along my then, like, four- or five-year-old sister, and the jokes were too fast for her, but I was having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you remember about Power Rangers? Like what else kind of made it stick with you? Well, that's the thing. It didn't really stick with me a whole lot until I got into like college. And then I started like Power Rangers RPM, which is like, oh, geez. Now, was that the one where they were that that was after space or was that before space? Way, way after space. Disney still had the rights to the show, but they were on their last year and they figured that they probably weren't going to get them back. So they basically just like went nuts with this uh, Japanese footage and did this like really, uh, I don't want to say dark, but like, I don't say dark. So was it like more of a, more of a serialized story? Was it more like character stuff? Like what did, what did you mean? What... Yeah, it was a serialized like story that like was like not just a good kids show, but like an actually good like half hour narrative program. It was basically Mad Max with spandex. It was pretty great. Like this computer virus had like decimated the world, and the Rangers were like fighting it. And came to find out that their mentor character was this like child experiment that like actually created this virus that like wrecked everything. I was gonna say that sounds awesome. Like the minute you're saying, okay, well they go they delve into the the roots of the character that created them and it's like yeah because they never ask you know where zordon comes from or why alpha is around or any of that stuff it's like yeah i want to see that i want to see the <laughs> the darker edgier reboot although yeah. admittedly i did not love that reboot trailer that came out about a year ago oh god oh. nope it's like, why are they using guns like if it weren't for the title card at the end you would not like know what the hell it was supposed nope. to be so yeah tell me more about rpm well, Disney decided to go, like, balls out with it, and, like, they got, like, actual, like, known actors from New Zealand, like, Rose McIver, who's in iZombie now, okay. uh, was the Yellow Ranger. Oh, cool. The drug addict neighbor from Jessica Jones, I don't know if you've yep, seen yep. that at all yet, uh, was the Red. Everyone in it was, like, on soap operas and stuff, and it was just really, like, it should not have been that good. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they almost, like, fell ass backwards into a good show. Like you said, it was a, like a, that 
yeah you know <laughs> that last ditch effort you know let's just pull out all the the post-it notes we have on the on the wall for ideas and go okay computer virus mad max type bomb let's 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 go through the whole thing <laughs> throw it against the wall see what sticks and everything stuck in it was kind of amazing so <laughs> so because it's rpm were all the zords like cars or what was the the theme yeah they were like animal themed cars that were like actually i can't remember if they were like sentient in the american version they were in the japanese show oh my god they were sentient yeah well that's a whole new level they talked and stuff it was oh weird yeah i'm actually looking at it i'm looking at some pictures now i'm seeing a car with like uh, an eagle's beak on it i'm seeing a bus with yeah. giant eyeballs these are off-putting maybe it's because they're still images but yeah <laughs> it's like thomas the tank engine had a gritty reboot Right. <laughs> Wait, why is there a dolphin cycle? And like they explained it away in Power Rangers as the uh, Zords having been designed by their mentor character when she was like really young, and so they have like giant googly eyes. And that's cool. I mean, if you if you think about it, it's like yeah, you, a little kid would design things with big friendly faces on them. And right, <laughs> is that a, a killer whale plane? That's yeah, that's kind of amazing. Like, if you're going to make a killer whale, make it a submarine. But nope, nope, this is a plane. Yep. <laughs> All right, this looks pretty badass. I may have to go and find some of this. I wonder if it's on Netflix. It should be on Netflix, maybe. I don't know how Netflix works in Australia, so. <laughs> well, up until recently, it worked that I had a VPN and could get American Netflix, which was great. Until they ah. launched Australian Netflix, which has a ton less content, and then started cracking down on anyone using a VPN. So, yes, I mean, it's, it's not too bad. I mean, I had to stop Parks and Rec mid, like, season six. But then it's, it, there'll be oh, weird crap. things, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine won't be on American Netflix, but it'll be on Australian Netflix, and then they'll switch. Like, it's... Yeah. Oh, because they've got, like, a deal with Hulu here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I did discover... I discovered Snag Films yesterday, which is basically just a ton of, like, old public domain movies. Like, for example, yesterday evening, I was sitting there i was eating my dinner and i was watching creature from the black lagoon in 1080p and i'm like this this is amazing this movie sucks but you know this is great it's great yeah. also the, the creature kills a guy that looks like iggy pop in that movie <laughs> <laughs> and he does it with the fritz von eric iron claw to the face nice did you have any other topics you wanted to bring up like other super sentai type shows well we could talk about common writer a little bit sure so my my only experience with Common Rider was that when I remember I was in like I think it was grade uh, grade seven, and there was a Japanese kid in my class who was an ESL student and his English was not fantastic, yeah. but he was a nice kid and he would basically share like this first time I had Pocky because he sat next to me and he shared his Pocky with me, Aww. and he had he had this picture book that was the Common Rider characters, oh, and nice. he wasn't able to articulate that it was a Super Sentai show. He just said, this is Japanese superhero, it's like Superman. And I went, oh, okay, he kind of looks like a locust. Yeah, yeah, he looks a bit like a bug. He's like, <laughs> okay. And then years later, years later, I hear people like Chris Sims, you know, talking about Kamen Rider, you know, being a hero that has a scarf and a dirt bike and an IQ of some ridiculous amount. Yeah. <laughs> and, how, and how great it is. So what was your Kamen Rider experience? God, I don't remember what website I was on, but I 
solved like clips of Kamen Rider Forza, which is the series from 2011, maybe? I don't know. It's just like this idiot superhero who like loves justice and friendship, and I just got really into it. So what's the story? Like, was he like chosen like a Power Ranger? Was his Were his powers inherent? He finds this portal to this moon base and gets his little transformation belt doohickey at the moon base. And then there's this whole uh, background conspiracy to turn students into these um, constellation and zodiac-themed monsters. Okay. (laughs) And eventually if they get the uh, 12 zodiac monsters together, they uh, will end the world and the principal is behind it all. And it's just kind of silly and fun. (laughs) Buffy for maybe six-year-olds, but it's, like, really goofy and just kind of fun, and you can just sit and watch it, so... And there are dirt bikes. There are dirt bikes. And a sort of giant Aliens-style power loader robot thing. Um, (laughs) Cool. Yeah. We've got a little bit of time left, so is there any other topics that... Something that you still remember making a huge impact on you? Huge impact. Um, I was going to say, you could do something about comics, like, you know, what made you want to draw comics. Oh, what made me want to draw comics? I hmm, I don't know. Growing up, like, teaching myself to read via comics probably didn't help with that. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just always been super into comics. And just I draw, and that's kind of my only marketable skill. So why not? I, <laughs> well, did you have a local comic book shop growing up? Didn't have a local comic shop. I had uh, a convenience store called Sterling's. That they had like a spinny comic rack thing, and I'd just go there and get stuff off the rack and possibly chips and dip or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, news agents in Australia will still occasionally do that. Like, I'll walk into some random, like, you know, newsstand to get, like, whatever. Yeah. And I'll walk past the magazine rack, and I'll just see, like, a handful of random comics. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem is, though, because you know, we're in Australia, you're paying a plane ticket fee for everything that comes in. And I saw it was like, it was something like number two of seven of the Dark Side War JLA stuff. And it was $11.95 for one issue. And I I felt myself getting like unreasonably angry, not just (laughs) at the fact that of the price, but I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, think about a kid walking by. This is part two of whatever... And I flip through, and it's just like an extended fight scene mm-hmm. uh, with Darkseid. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, so this is, like, I get this would make sense in a trade. This is, like, your big kind of action climax. But, you know, as a kid picking it up. For a single issue, just no. <laughs> yeah. No one, like, you know, it's the old line that gets repeated a lot where any comic could be someone's first comic. Right. You know, coming back to what we said about Batman, Batman 66, my, one of my first comics was three Thor issues. They were like uh, late 70s, early 80s Thor issues. It wasn't by Walt Simonson. It was uh, a fill-in. I don't even know who, who it was. Uh, and all three of them were cliffhangers. Oh, jeez. One was where a cameraman named Red was tricked by Loki into becoming the new Thor. He, like, takes Thor's, like, armor and gauntlets and strength belt and stuff and defeats... Thor, and the end of the issue is right. I'm the new Thor. Old Thor is defeated, and I never got the answer to that. And one of the other ones was was straight out of Norse myth, where Balder is literally daring the others to throw stuff at him because nothing can harm him. Like all the spears are breaking before they hit him, and blind Hodor is given a not Hodor Hodur. <laughs> That's a different <laughs> character. 
uh, is given an arrow made of mistletoe by Loki, and he fires it, and Baldur dies. And the last page is Thor holding Baldur's dead body like the Pieta, and he's going, Now nothing can stop the coming of Ragnarok! Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, okay, so I guess that's how Thor ends. <laughs> well. <laughs> and it, it's something that Elle said once where she talked about when you pick up an X-Men story, you, you there's no expectation that you will know what the hell is going on. Right. Any of these references to other stuff. And that's why you used to get the little asterisks in the corner, you know. See, X-Men 471 from Smiling Whoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's good luck finding that. Joe, if people wanted to find your stuff on the internet, where would they go about doing so? Well, I'm on Twitter at Joe underscore Hunter. I'm on Tumblr, Joe Bloody Hunter. I'm on Patreon as Joe underscore Hunter if you want to give me money i feel terrible saying that um <laughs> instagram joe bloody hunter and that's about it i think and people should go to can you get radical guardian skater x on comiXology or is it yes you can hard copy only radical ah, guardian skater x available on comiXology issue three finally coming soon hopefully um <laughs> and the other thing you might know joe from is the amazing art that he did for this very podcast Oh, yes, right. Did that. <laughs> yeah, which is which is fantastic. You also did the art for all of the Good Egg podcasts yeah. ones, like Journey into Misery and Animal Crackers and Zero Hour. And didn't you do, is it All My Kayfabe Friends as well? All Your Kayfabe Friends, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Right. I actually just started listening to that. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, if, if people want some podcast art, hit Joe up. He's surprisingly reasonable when it comes to writing. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for being on the show. Cool. Thank you. much to Joe Hunter for his time. I know that was a little bit of a rough ride. We had some Skype difficulties in the recording, but I'd like to congratulate Joe on his very first starring role in a podcast. You did great, buddy. As mentioned at the top of the show, there's not going to be any signature cocktail this week because I have about three hours until I get on a plane. It is currently the 23rd of November, and I'm about to embark on a trip that's going to take me around St. Louis, Chicago, Boston, and New York for the next two and a half weeks. I'm going to be meeting lots of cool people from the internet and probably eating a lot of ridiculous things. So feel free to follow along on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. I'm sure there'll be lots and lots of content for you. While we're on the subject, I'm going to be taking the rest of December off. This should be going up the 7th of December. I'm recording these way in advance, and I was looking to have enough guests to get me through to the end of the year, but but due to some scheduling conflicts and stuff beyond everyone's control, that didn't pan out. So I'm going to spend the rest of December recharging, recording some new guests for the new year, and we'll come back in January better than ever. And that said, due to the fantastic responses of all of my guests, my guest list is down to single digits. I've only got about a half dozen more people I want to get on the show. So if you or someone you know wants to be a guest on The Math of You, send an email to themathofyou at gmail.com and tell me what you'd like to talk about. I'd love to have you on. And my schedule is pretty much wide open. So if you've been hesitating, 
don't worry. Literally everyone is interesting. I promise. recorded in Leichhardt, New South Wales, Australia, and is written, hosted, and edited by yours truly, Lucas Brown. New episodes usually go up every Wednesday evening, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show, send an email to themathofyou at gmail.com and tell us what you'd like to talk about. You can follow the show on Twitter at themathofyou, and you can follow my wacky adventures at Lokified, L-O-K-I-F-I-E-D, on Twitter and Instagram, or Lokified82 on Snapchat. It's going to be lots and lots of adventures in America for the next couple of weeks. If you have a few dollars kicking around and would like to directly support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash lokified. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, get some cool rewards, and really make my day. Wouldn't that be nice? If supporting financially is not your thing, you can also go onto iTunes for the country of your choice and leave us a rating and a review. It really helps with discoverability, and like with the Patreon, I just really appreciate it. I'll also read any reviews on the show and give you a shout-out by name. Next week, we don't have an episode. It's the end of the year. But I look forward to a 2017 full of stories about books, comic books, TV, movies, and other media that made an impact on you when you were young. Join me, won't you? I'm, I'm currently, like fighting off a throat infection right now because Jesus. my yeah my body has basically realized that I'm like a week and a half from going on holidays for three weeks and so it's like you know what now is the time when you should be safe yeah usually what happens is that we go on holidays and my girlfriend ends up with like either a middle ear infection or a throat infection or something like it happened in Japan it happened in, in Mexico it happened to in Pretty much our last three major holidays, like the the back half of it is always just like her wrapped in a scarf and being like, no, I'm not staying back in the hotel room. We're going to do stuff. We're here. And then just <laughs> collapsing as soon as we get back to Sydney. Yeah. All right. Tell me about the last good wrestling you watched. Uh, that was probably uh, King of Trios this year, Jakara. You know anything about that? Uh, I do. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't so know tell me about the whole it. thing. Was basically amazing. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. I've only heard the the War of Ajax and Hard Times recaps of it. But did you actually get to go, or did you do watch it online? Uh, no, I went and was there and was actually on the War Rocket Ajax recording, vaguely. Oh, that's right. You were, too. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was your favorite match on the card? Probably anything with the Sendai girls, just because, like, holy crap. Because <laughs> <laughs> didn't they do, like, three matches in one night? Because it was the tournament, right? Uh, there were more, like, six or so matches a night. 
Oh, mm-hmm. you mean the Sentai Girls specifically, or? Yeah, yeah, and it, I think the Sentai Girls is one of those things where um, I've I've still yet to actually watch any of their matches. They sound amazing, but I kind of feel like I enjoy people explaining why they love the Sendai girls to me almost more than I would enjoy watching the matches. <laughs> oh, because like the matches are fucking amazing. Can I swear? Oh yeah. I, I don't doubt that. Uh, oh yeah. Please do, man. We've earned our explicit <laughs> tag many times over, uh, but yeah, but basically it's one of those things kind of like how, you know, like, I like Beyonce, but I love how other people love Beyonce, you know? 